You're listening to The Conservative Conscience. In Washington, politicians are full of half-truths and hot air. The Conservative Conscience is here to help you cut through the rhetoric and noise and explore the politically right way to think about the issues. You'll dive into one of the most insightful conservative minds in America. Conservative Review Senior Editor Daniel Horowitz. And along with co-host Joe Koss, they break down the major issues in Washington. You are now entering The Conservative Conscience. Welcome back to The Conservative Conscience. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz in the House in CR's Northern Command on June 13th. And despite the way I sound, I did not get a sex change operation. I have not thrown in with the cultural Marxists here. <coughs> I have just gotten a really bad cold. Um, let me tell you, folks, you new, new parents here, aspiring parents, never, ever eat the leftovers from your kids. Two-year-olds, three-year-olds. Oh, I, I think that's how I got this. Um... Now, thank God most illnesses aren't as bad for kids as they are for for adults because this is just miserable. <clears throat> so I've been a little bit out of things. Um, I know some of the flow of our work, at least from my end, has been a little slower the last couple of days. I could bar- barely breathe, barely function, had fever all day yesterday. So just really trying to catch up with things. And, uh, you know, normally I like to be at the top of my game. And because I, I want to give over to you guys, you know, the full knowledge, full observations that I have instead of just shooting from the hip. But I've really been out of it the last couple of days. Um, but it's amazing. You don't have to be on top of everything full force to recognize the problems. Uh, it's, it's funny that last week we gave a blueprint for this administration. I know it's really made its rounds. Here are nine, ten ideas that you could use to get Comey out of the news, get the Russia scandal out of the news. Now that the Russia scandal is, it should be over. Even Comey admitted there's no there there. Move on. Congressional Republicans should move on. Senator Burr should stop holding Senate Intel Committee hearings on it. The administration should stop testifying. Yet here we are. All they want to talk about, all Trump tweets about is Comey. So, it's almost like they're playing follow the leader with the media. Wherever the media goes, conservatives and the administration, they're the rear end. All the talk radio shows, call me, call me, call me. Today, it's all about Sessions' testimony. And ironically, Sessions should be testifying about a lot of things, about immigration, about the rule of law. Instead, it's all further digging a hole. It's all on defense. You'll never score points this way. Give a televised address every Thursday night. On five issues you're going to work on that week. You know, it's amazing. I'm thinking now that this is already Tuesday, June 13th. We're almost halfway done the year. And they've done nothing. Nothing. There are so many ideas we have. We've been promoting dozens of ideas. Fiscal, economic, immigration, national security, homeland security ideas. Nothing. There's nothing there. This time during the Bush administration, 2001, I believe, I'm trying to get my my facts straight, I believe the Bush tax cuts were signed into law June 7th, meaning they passed uh, the House and Senate, went through the full process already in May. And keep in mind, Republicans actually had, what is it, they had 50 50 seats, yeah, I mean, before Jeffords switched and gave gave control to the Democrats, but... uh, you know, they had a very narrow Congress 
Um, they have a bigger majority now in both houses, slightly bigger. They've gotten nothing done. All they want to talk about is what the media wants to talk about. They complain about the media. They complain about the Democrats. And then all they want to talk about is the media. You know, sometimes I wonder if these people would have anything to talk about if the media wouldn't tell them what to talk about. You know, I've been out of it for a few days, and I don't get back in by saying, hmm, let me see. Let's see what the media is talking about. I think about my own affirmative views. Gee, on immigration, what's going on? What's going on on this? What's going on on that? What's the status on this thing that we're promoting, on that thing that we're promoting? But then again, the Republican Party is promoting nothing. And how ironic that the biggest stories of the week are being obliterated from the headlines and conservatives don't even want to talk about them. On the same day Comey testified, we had two major stories I want to talk about. Hopefully we'll have time to talk about some more stuff. But the biggest thing we broke this news was that Trump has issued 125,000 DACA amnesty cards. And that comes along with the ability to get social security cards. 125,000 illegal aliens just until March 31st, right? They published quarterly data, and it took them a while to get it. It took them till June to get the March data. Um, I was going to FOIA it originally, but then USCIS posted it last Thursday. I did a late-breaking article on it. Several others did as well. I know I uh, Washington Times, Daily Caller, but very few others picked up on this. And what that demonstrated is it's not just that he continued Obama's amnesty. He didn't even slow it down at all. If anything, I believe it was 3,000 more than Obama did during the last quarter of 2016, or put another way, the first quarter of fiscal year 2017 from October through December of last year. This is a big deal. What are we fighting for when we defend the Comey, this, this scandal, this stupid thing, this, that? Well, presumably it's to preserve the Trump presidency so we can do what? So we can do what? This reminds me all of the scene in in The Longest Day, a 1962 movie on Omaha Beach, when they depict the rangers climbing the cliffs at Omaha Beach. The, what, the, the, one of the boldest things ever you know, attempted militarily, going under fire, climbing these cliffs of 100 feet, with with uh you know scaling these ropes and, and and ladders all this fire they're they're taking in taking heavy casualties they get up there and they can't find the big german guns that they were trying to eliminate to protect the beachhead and one guy and there's a scene there where one guy says you mean we did all of this for nothing <coughs> and i'm thinking that that's where we all are now you know, this guy has a 35% approval rating. The, the Democrats are like plus eight on the generic ballot. We're going to get slaughtered in the midterms. We're going to get slaughtered permanently. For what? For what? What are we getting? So you can continue Obama's amnesty? And there's a lot of important factors about Trump continuing Obama's amnesty that perfectly embodies the problem with this presidency. See, a lot of people have these lists of good things he did and bad things he did. The problem is the good things don't speak to this. It's kind of like, well, my spouse sometimes gives me flowers, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they buy me a present. He he buys me a present. And then sometimes I come home and find him in bed with someone else. Well, the flowers don't 
<laughs> don't speak to that. It doesn't mitigate the problem. Um, you know, one's a matter of, well, he didn't have time or effort to, to do this good thing for me. And one's a matter of he downright betrayed me. And that's the thing. It's not like, oh, well, he didn't get a chance to move the embassy to Jerusalem. He didn't get a chance to get rid of the Iran deal. He didn't get a chance to get rid of Obama's amnesty. These are things that he is actively doing, meaning the default position is his DHS needs merely needs to just not do anything. You just don't renew it. That was Marco Rubio's position, and he's pretty liberal on this issue. Just don't renew the new DACA cards when they come to you. But they're actively violating the Constitution. How do you do that for even one day? We sit, we sat and yelped <coughs> at Obama for years. This is the most unconstitutional thing. So when you get into office, how do you perpetuate that even for one day? I don't get it. But here we are, not even slowing it down. And what is so appalling is as the courts are laying waste to his own executive immigration action, which is totally lawful, but he's not standing behind. He's not demanding Congress defund it. He's not fighting back against the courts, not giving a televised address outside of 140 characters on Twitter to make the case for what he's doing. I'm going to get to this a little later, the case he could be making. But, you know, just yesterday, the the Ninth Circuit joined in with the Fourth Circuit, obviously upholding the district court uh, injunctions on on his second uh, immigration order. And and he sits and affirms Obama's order. I mean, do you know how humili- humiliating that is? To have his order dead and Obama's order surviving his presidency and being upheld by Trump? This is a big story. No one's talking about it because it's nowhere in the media. So how would pseudo-conservatives know what to talk about if the media doesn't tell them? It's there in the news. This is this is unbelievable. And by the way, there's one other important point about this. Trump said that Arizona has a special place in his heart. He said that at the seminal speech he gave during the campaign August 31st of last year. And that's when he promised, by the way, to, quote, immediately get rid of both of Obama's amnesty, DACA, DAPA. <coughs> and uh, so obviously he violated that. But he said Arizona has a special place in my heart. You know what? Do you know what's happening to Arizona? On the same week that the Ninth Circuit struck down Trump's executive immigration action, or put another way, they gave standing to the state of Washington to demand more immigration, a power they don't have. That is a power given to the federal government. They demanded that the state of Arizona grant driver's licenses, which, by the way, is a state function. To Obama's amnesty to legals. So by Trump not getting rid of this amnesty and actually affirming it, he is forcing Arizona to be under the thumb of the Ninth Circuit and give driver's licenses. And again, I'm sure he doesn't even know about this and I'm, because there's no one in the administration calling the balls and strikes. And I could tell you, as, as someone from being someone that's trying to make a difference and Get the word out to some people in the administration. This administration is total chaos. I mean, that that's another problem. It, you, you can't even have you can't have a righteous fight on one single issue where everyone's on, on, on the same page, on message, same talking points. This is irremediably broken, which, by the way, this is why we are screwed. If, if we can't find people 
on any side to care about what's important. You know, when 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 we have the apocalypse upon us, no one's going to care. And I'm not one of these crazy preppers or whatever, but um, I'm just telling you, you guys got to be prepared, which is why I need you to support our sponsors. Patriot Supply. Go to preparewithcr.com, preparewithcr.com. Get your 140 meals for 99 bucks, delicious meals. Have them ready-made in your house for a time of craziness. And I'm telling you, (laughs) there is going to be a lot of craziness in the coming months and years because we have nobody who cares. We have a conservative movement that cares about nothing more than what the media talks about. So that's why we're going to continue incurring all these problems. So that's the story of Obama's, of Trump's amnesty. And this is Trump's amnesty. Obama's not president anymore. Trump could get rid of this simply by inaction. And and by the way, Secretary Kelly, who's horrible, um, is out there saying, we need a program for the Dreamers. Well, I mean, you're already doing it. You're already doing Obama's. I guess he just wants Congress to codify it, which, hey, in some ways it's better. I mean, if you're going to do this nonsense, you may as well have it under law rather than being lawless. Um, But that this is where we are. So we're talking about Comey and and the Sessions hearing and uh, this nonsense all to protect this administration. What? So he can continue doing amnesty, continue bringing in refugees. By the way, they're bringing in. um, There's a great article we'll link to in the show notes from the Center for Immigration Studies on how Trump is bringing in the rejects from Australia that Obama agreed to bring in. But, you know, Obama's gone. Trump could say we're not doing this. And as I've said ad nauseum, this is why you can't listen to what Trump says on Twitter, because he might trash the deal and then his administration will do it. So this is where we are in Trump's amnesty. I'm the only one talking about this. I don't get it. But let's move on to some other important things that that are being ignored. Let's see what else is going on here. I mean, we got the courts, obviously, as always, the courts. In addition to the Ninth Circuit, as I'm sure you've heard yesterday, um, you have the courts are now mandating sanctuary cities. So it's not just the so-called Middle East immigration cool off. There's, uh, you know, an affirmative right to immigrate from Somalia. But you now have states and localities. We We know about the sanctuary cities, but we have localities that want to abide by the federal immigration laws. And yet the courts aren't allowing them. So the courts are now mandating sanctuary nation. No, no one cares. No one wants to talk about that. Um, what else is important? We have Saudi Arabia, the Saudi arms deal. So I mentioned this before today, and, and we'll have the results of this at Conservative Review. Rand Paul is forcing a vote, uh, resolution of disapproval on the Saudi arms deal. That's a big deal. We're probably going to include it in our Liberty score uh, scorecard. Um. You know, th- this is the problem. Trump, again, he has been on message on some of the issues, you know, the little he talks about it, but his administration has been all over the place. As I mentioned before, we're getting all the liabilities of kissing up to the Saudis, but none of the benefits. So we're not piling on and, and designating the Muslim Brotherhood a terror group, getting rid of the Iran deal, kicking Qatar, you know, out of uh, out of our sphere of influence, going after Turkey, making the case that we need to go after Turkey now. Um, instead, we're just giving Saudis arms so we could get caught up in their Islamic civil war in Yemen and Syria, screw over Israel, and uh, allow them to, quote unquote, invest in infrastructure on our soil, which is to spread their poison. <clears throat> so you got that going on. 
you got more green on blue violence, where three American soldiers were killed in Afghanistan by, not the Taliban, but the Afghan army. These green on blue violence, where they suddenly turn on you. So I I just want to, because I know I'm not going to have time to write about this. I just wanted to let you guys know, forever, both Republicans and Democrats in the Senate have been trying to increase the number of SIVs, special immigrant visas that we give to those the contractors and Afghanis who work with us, they risk their lives to work with us. And everyone's all into that. How do you you know, allow them to be left hanging? You have to bring them and their relatives into our country, treat them like like refugees in the omnibus bill that, you know, Trump's biggest betrayal signing that and, you know, the Republican betrayal on that. It included a provision to increase the number of special immigrant visas we take from Afghanistan by 1,500. So I just want you guys to know when you hear this sob story about, oh, man, how do you not allow these guys in? Guess what? A lot of them you can't vet. They might work with us, and then they'll kill, kill us. And if they're good, they're, their children aren't. Their relatives are crazy. Um, so we're, we're basically – the entire purpose of us being in Afghanistan is to die on our sword for Karzai's Sharia government – um, so then we can go and bring in refugees and they can kill us on our shores and kill our soldiers overseas. Um, this is unbelievable. And, and and by the way, which which leads me to what I wanted to get to and the theme we've really been drumming in for so long, the last number of months, which is the real problem with terrorism is not overseas. It's not Islamic civil wars. It's we've let the people in on our own shores. To me, the biggest story of last week, along with the fact that, you know, the numbers of Trump's amnesty were announced, 125,000, the biggest story was the fact that two Hezbollah operatives were arrested on our soil. Once again, these were naturalized immigrants, but, you know, they were immigrants from Lebanon. One was arrested in Dearborn, Michigan. One was arrested in Bronx in New York. And... At least one of them we allowed to be naturalized in 2008. Now, even though the guy clearly lied on his form now, the question is, will he be denaturalized, which he absolutely can be denaturalized. But, you know, I doubt that there's even efforts underway for that. This story was a big deal. These were people caught. Not just your, you know, crazy freelance jihadist that's waving an ISIS flag just because they're inspired by ISIS. These were people who traveled to Lebanon and were engaging in surveillance of American targets for Hezbollah. I've long said that in addition to the Muslim Brotherhood, Hezbollah is much more of a foundational threat than ISIS. ISIS has only been around for a couple of years. They don't really have cells and infrastructure in the West. It's their funky videos. They're cool. It's the caliphate. It's stirring people up. It's stirring Muslims in the West up to uh, join the fight. But um, in terms of a downright network, Hezbollah is the one with the network. Certainly, they've had it in Latin America for years with all the Iranian ties to the Latin American dictators. Um, you know, the border security to the extent that we have the infiltrations. We we There are 31,000 known um, Middle Easterners that have crossed the board last crossed the border last year certainly the ones we don't know um a lot of that is is hezbollah um they have the largest infrastructure in the western western hemisphere so this is the perfect opportunity for trump how many people even know about this how many talk radio show hosts know about this none except for the ones i'm on (laughs) you know so certainly how many 
average voters know about this. Trump should give a speech this Thursday night from the the Oval Office talking about this. You know, we arrested two guys engaging in surveillance. This speaks exactly to my so-called travel ban. You know, a lot of people, I remember, even conservatives, when Trump came out with his first order, uh, which applied to those that already had green cards and they weren't allowed back in when they traveled overseas, people were like, oh, I don't know, Daniel. I'm all for, you know, tamping down future immigration, but these people already had green cards. Well, you have to realize, look at the hallmark of all these terror attacks or planned terror attacks, people arrested for engaging in terror. A lot of them are already naturalized citizens. Some of them are still immigrants and, and they need to be dealt with. Now, again, there's a difference when you're already a citizen versus when you're not, although I would say that if it's clear that you lied at the time of your application, you can and should be denaturalized because unlike a natural-born citizen um, where you can't, you know, you're natural-born, I mean, here, if you lied in your oath to, um, you know, completely abjure all foreign allegiance, um, that's a problem. But, you know, certainly those that, that just have green cards... Notice the pattern. Before they commit an attack, they travel back to some crazy country. Trump should get up there and say, this is a case for why we need to expand it. Right? These guys travel to Lebanon. And basically, the way I would phrase it is, I am going to ban travel unless we could verify upon your reentry that you're not a problem. But the baseline is that you can't be let back in if you travel to a country with a major terrorist presence. So, you know, whether it's Hezbollah, whether it's Al-Shabaab, whether it's Al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula, whether it's an ISIS spinoff, whether it's Nusra, I mean, all these countries, we need to know why you are there. We are going to put better um, vetting in place for when you come back from these countries. It's common sense. Why aren't we doing this? It's insane. But you can't make the case if the people don't even know this happened. I mean, this is a big deal. You have unnaturalized American citizens that have been here for a while and are engaging in surveillance for Hezbollah. That means there are many more where they come from. There are Hezbollah cells in this country. You know, another problem, and this is just kind of random, especially in the Shiite areas in Dearborn, Michigan, they get piped into their homes uh, through satellite TV, Al Manor TV. Al Manor is uh, Hezbollah's network out of Lebanon. Why do we allow that to happen? You don't have an unalienable right to access foreign stuff. We could cut that off. I mean, these are basic things that need to be dealt with. Basic suicidal things. Forget about the boots, uh, boots on the ground. But we always talk about boots on the ground. Are we going to put boots on the ground in these countries? We need to worry about their boots on our ground. And in order to deal with that, that doesn't require spending a trillion dollars losing 5,000 lives and refereeing Islamic civil wars. You just don't commit suicide at home. You don't let them in. Um, obviously, the ones that are here, you clamp down on them, clamp down on the influence. This is what he needs to talk about. This case d- directly vouches for what he did, but he's not even making the case because he's too busy talking about Comey and Mueller. Now we're going to go after Mueller. Lovely. I mean, this is the problem with our people. There are, there are so many cases we could be making for, for our agenda if we actually believed in it and cared in it, cared about it. <clears throat> I'm losing my voice here, running out of time here. We're going to have to cut it short. But, you know, Obamacare is another dumpster fire. 
Trump said Mitch McConnell's working very, very hard. We expect to have the greatest bill in the history of the world on health care. Really? I mean, this is the leadership. The Republican bill is so horrendous. It's making Obamacare popular. It's not repealing Obamacare. It's doubling down on Obamacare, except it's making Obamacare popular, making us unpopular. And he says it's a great bill. He doesn't even know what's in it. He should be demanding full repeal or just say move on. But there you go with that. And then, you know, rather than having the White House Office of Legislative Affairs on the ground in Congress demanding our our agenda, you know, we, we have, you know, for, first of all, why isn't Trump getting up there and publicly demanding that Congress stay in session for August? I mean, it doesn't take anything out of him. He's there anyway. I mean, this is obvious. Pass the Reins Act. Repeal Dodd-Frank. Demanding spending cuts in return for a debt ceiling increase. Passing any one of our 20 legislative ideas on homeland security and immigration. Resubmit the Iran deal as a treaty. And Obama's executive amnesty. Whoops, he supports it. I mean, there's a lot of things he could be doing. But you know what? Instead, instead, you know, do you know what we have in the White House on the Hill today as we speak? Ivanka's aides. I didn't know Ivanka has a staff. Ivanka's aides are now on the Hill promoting Ivanka care. Nationalized paid leave, maternal, maybe paternal leave and, and uh, nationalized uh, child care. Jeez. <sighs> I don't know what to tell you guys. I mean, you know, I'm not feeling well, obviously. I'm gonna not going to be at the top of my game for much of this week, but I wanted you guys to get the truth. I know many of you depend upon it. And spread the word. These are the issues that are important. But if we don't become our best advocates, who will be the best advocate for what we're doing? Before I go, <clears throat> and I'm losing my voice here, and by the way, I don't know if I'm going to be on CRTV this week because I feel and look miserable, but still make sure you get your subscription. Uh, 89 bucks a year for all of our content. We're going to have another another exciting show, by the way, introduced too. Um, but make sure you issue promo code Horowitz, H-O-R-O-W-I-T-Z. I want to end with a note on the Alabama Senate race. A lot of people are asking me about this. I've gotten some emails. Hey, you know, I'm seeing Mark Levin, Mark Meadows, a lot of conservatives supporting Mo Brooks. So let me let me just explain what I said before. You know, Mo Brooks is a great guy. He's one of the best House members, solid conservative. I take him any day of the week. I am still supporting Judge Roy Moore because he speaks to something so much more important. He speaks to the judiciary issue. He also has done for us what nobody has done, even Mo Brooks. He lost his job twice fighting for our cause, and no one stood with him. That's why I think Mo should have stood with him. I still like him, and... You know, but but again, why are people backing him? It's because part of the problem is that Judge Moore is so off the beaten path of politics, which is why we all love him. You know, he's not reaching out to these people properly. He's not. I mean, they don't even know he's running. I, I don't. I don't get what's going on. Um, you know, but everyone knows Mo, Mo Brooks. Anyone in conservative circles, obviously, Mark Meadows is the chairman of the Freedom Caucus. It's one of his guys. He's going to support. That's fine. Um, but that that's why it's happening. I just wanted you to go guys know to know in full transparency. 
I would have raised hell with, you know, some of my allies supporting him if Mo Brooks would be a bad guy, but he's not. But I still think, you know, Judge Moore is better. Um, I'm also not as concerned as I was before. So my concern before was that there was a time when we thought there'd be two 800-pound gorilla establishment guys in the in the race. So in addition to Luther Strange, we thought we'd have the um, Alabama State Senate President Pro Temp, Del Marsh, get in the race. Del Marsh would have been supported by <coughs> the Yellowhammer guy, the richest guy in uh, in Alabama. So you would have had two people spending $10 million. My concern was that with Mo Brooks getting in the race, dividing the conservative vote with Roy Moore, um, you know, Theoretically, you could have the two bad guys divide the vote and we could get two good guys in the runoff. But you could at least as likely, if not more likely, wind up having our guys split the vote and we have two bad guys in the runoff. At this point, Delmarsh is not. He's, Delmarsh announced he's not running. Uh, the NRSC scared him off. So you only have Luther Strange as the only kind of real viable establishment guy with, with a lot of money behind him. So even if he gets in the runoff, there's still one more slot. So, you know, if we do what we should be doing and Roy Moore gets in, he gets in. If not, Mo Brooks will get in and we'll support him. So I'm just saying I'm not as concerned, you know, if 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 Team Moore does what they need to do and puts together a proper campaign and raises, raises enough money, the, 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 the vote split shouldn't matter. You know, maybe if, if it splits the vote, he'll come in second place instead of first place. It doesn't matter. You make it to the runoff. It was always all about the runoff anyway. So I just wanted you know I'm I'm not as concerned and that's why I haven't been yelping about it you know when some allies are supporting um, Mo Brooks but yeah I mean we have you know look you know people do different things especially when it comes to endorsements especially when they're both very very conservative good candidates uh, I just wanted you to know I mean Roy Moore speaks to something much greater than any you know even Freedom Caucus House conservative does um, and I wish more people would see that and we're gonna keep making the case so. Uh, you know, if you if you want to give a donation, which, you know, <laughs> I really think everyone should go to judge more for Senate.com, judge more for Senate.com. And, um, you know, let's let's make this happen. Let's make it happen. Let's change the dynamic. We need a game changer, not just another conservative, but a guy that's going to upend the entire system, which is irremediably broken. <clears throat> I'm about out of steam, out of air here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for bearing with me in my uh, frog-sounding voice today. We'll be back, God willing, with you know more strength later this week. Lots to watch out for. Make CR your homepage. And make CR's Twitter account and Facebook your go-to social media platform. Until then, God bless y'all. This has been another episode of The Conservative Conscience. Conservative Conscience.